All right, guys, Solace Meds, they've got some incredible deals going on right now. If you're not familiar with them, Solace Meds is one of the premier dispensaries right here in Colorado. They've got four Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, which is just blocks from the DNVR bar. And like I said, they've got some awesome deals, some banging deals this month. Cinco de Mayo, buy three, get one free on the entire store, plus an additional 20% off when using the code DNVR20 at checkout. Mother's Day, buy three, get one free on the entire store. Same with Memorial Day, uh, buy three, get one free. Also, 20% off all Glacier Concentrates. They got tons of other deals. Stop in there. Remember, use code DNVR20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire purchase. Again, use code DNVR20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire purchase. You can also buy online, solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. And remember, use code DNVR20 to save 20%. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast on a Monday. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use the code DMVR when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Harrison Wynn hosting today. Across from me is Eric Weedham. You know him as D-Line. What's going on, man? What's up, dude? I do. I feel I feel across from you spiritually. I feel across from you. I feel a kinship, even though it's through a Zoom call. We're never too far away. Yes. Um, I, I feel a kinship, although you're in just the darkest room possible yeah. right now. Yeah, that's right. I'm in my bedroom and the lights are off. I did, I like it to, to set a mood if it was just going to be you and I. So uh, I hope it works. Well, it, it's funny because I I remember talking to, to Spano about this sometimes, like Brandon Spano, our, our founder and uh, CEO, but he used to be in the radio game, of course. And I remember talking to him about how when he would talk about Tim Tebow just <laughs> back in the day when he was on radio and he would just shut all the lights off in the studio. He told me he did this. He would just shut off all the lights in the studio <laughs> and just walk around just preaching the Tim Tebow gospel. So I feel like that's kind of like what you're doing. Yeah. Right? Did you want to sound confused? Should we talk about Tim Tebow? I mean, now that you mentioned it. <laughs> He is back in the league, baby. Yeah, he is back in the league. He's finally taking on that tight end role that we all begged him to do, but he wouldn't do. You know what? It's a good. It's good for a uh, a follower of of Christ to humble himself and take a take a position he should have taken from the first place. Okay, that's that's a pretty good Tim Tebow talk, don't you think? I was going to ask: Is there a Tim Tebow of the NBA? Like, yeah, Tim Tebow of the NBA is like uh, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's just Tim Tebow. <laughs> no, it's Faku, dude. It Faku is the Tim T- just the ultimate tryhard. Uh, yeah, can't really shoot. Somehow pulls it out at the end of the game. Some miracle. He gets a steal. Nobody was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of somebody who like rose to prominence and then was out of the league and then is yeah, back in but sucks. <laughs> well, he rose. See, Tim Tebow rose to prominence in college. And he was not good in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. He was not good, right. but would win games. This is Facundo Campazzo. Like he was in, <laughs> he was in Europe where he was amazing. That was Tim Tebow's collegiate career. Comes to the league, doubted, but then 
puts it all together, makes it happen. Although, you know, Facundo Composite was our number one player. I probably would look a lot like uh, Tim Tebow as our quarterback. So I, I think it's like a pretty, I think it's a pretty apt analogy. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself, actually. It's not bad. I, I think Facu's <laughs> a better basketball player than Tim Tebow. Is a totally, totally. I, I feel it's funny because Tim Tebow is one of the most popular athletes of all time. And I feel like comparing him to our backup point guard is somehow slandering our backup point guard, yeah. <laughs> which is not the intent. <laughs> My my hottest take about Tim Tebow: If his name wasn't Tim Tebow, he wouldn't have uh, the career that he's had. Tim Tebow is just a fun name to say. Oh. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow. <laughs> we'll have to ask Brandon. Make just sure a fun that... name to say. You know? <laughs> it is fun. I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> um, somebody who was in the news today. Somebody who was in the news today tonight. Actually, Russell Westbrook. Oh my god. Um, he now has the most triple doubles. In NBA history, uh, which is just a wild stat. He broke Oscar Robertson's career record tonight. Eric, I know you got some takes on Russell Westbrook. Um, Uh, And I don't know which way you're going to go. I really don't know if you're a Russell Westbrook fan or if you're a Russell Westbrook hater. So I'm excited to hear. Well, I did just put the tweet out right before we went on uh, online here, on air here, uh, that seeing Russ break Oscar Robertson's triple double record makes me think that there's a good chance that I would have also hated watching Oscar Robertson play. (laughs) I don't know what Russell Westbrook is good at, except for just like playing at a hundred miles an hour. I think Russell Westbrook plays the hardest out of anybody in the league ever. The hardest ever. ever. He is incapable of playing at a slower speed, like incapable. And yeah. not everybody is like ready for that. Like, especially on Monday night in the NBA and everyone's like, all right, it's kind of winding down, dude. And like Russell Westbrook's like, let's go. You know, and he's like throwing the ball too hard. He's like, out. Oh, he's like stealing rebounds away from his own players. <laughs> like, I mean, God bless him. You know, he's going to go down and be remembered. He has had some really amazing accomplishments in the NBA, but like, I really honestly, like, I mean, what do you think his primary skill is? Russell, Russell Westbrook um athleticism yeah one of the best athletes in nba history i mean he's just unbelievable the guy is like at his prime or at his peak was arguably the fastest player in the league he was probably arguably the most athletic player in the league for like a five-year span i I think he's fallen off a little bit but still he's in like that top five percent of athletes the guy's just ridiculous i mean he he never gets tired he's strong he's fast he can jump um, Plus he's mean too. He's like, yeah. his disposition is, is such that like he uses that athleticism to just like put his knee in your neck and like oh, never, totally. ever let up for any, for any reason. Totally. Like he's an absolute bitch to play against, of course, every time. Uh, so yeah, I'd say athleticism, like he's never been a good shooter. Um, you know, defensively he's, he's a classic, like, all NBA guy who can be good when he wants to be, but you know, he's got other priorities on the court, like collecting rebounds and assists and scoring points. Um, but he could, he could be a good defender if he wants to be, he's just one of the more ridiculous and insane athletes I've ever watched. Just yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right. It's like, it's funny though. I mean, like I always draw a distinction between athleticism and skill. Like I don't necessarily see athleticism as a skill. I sort of like, Nikola Jokic to me is the most skilled player I've ever seen. Russell Westbrook is the most athletic player, you know, that one of the most athletic players I've ever seen. Um, 
but it's kind of funny, like the way that you phrase it. I mean, his athleticism is his skill. Right. It's like he he uses his athleticism skillfully. Um, I was one. I was really thinking, like, do you think RJ Hampton will be a what a Russell Westbrook type? Man, I mean, he's. <sighs> if you're looking at young players who play kind of like Westbrook, first of all, like Westbrook has such a distinct style. He, he His style is just like incredible. The style of basketball that he plays. Nobody's ever done it like him. Nobody probably ever will, but RJ Hampton, you know, similar athlete. Um, and like Russell Westbrook is a big guy. Now he's built, he's really cut. He's strong, but he was pretty wiry when he came into the league, not as wiry as Hampton is, but yeah, I mean, I feel like RJ is is as good as you're going to do in terms of a comp. Yeah. So, I, what are your feelings on Russell Westbrook? I mean, I really, I really do not like him. I mean, it's like as a guy, I like, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's, you know, played in the Western Conference. He's yeah. run. He has been the destroyer of Nuggets' dreams in the past, and like unapologetically, and like actually, like reveled in it. I was at the game where he literally blocked Rocky's half court shot that was going in. <laughs> he just came off the bench and blocked. Like he was literally just a wrestling like villain, like a foil. That's a good way to describe him. Yeah. I mean, he and he he revels it. He loves it, you know. And so I feel like it's my it's almost honoring the man to hate him. Like that's what he wants. <laughs> like I feel like I'm doing you know, I'm doing him a service by by giving him the the precious hate that he that he so craves. Yeah. So I love Russell Westbrook, not because like I like the style of basketball he plays, or that I think he's, um, like you know one of the greatest talents of all time. I don't. Um, but I what I love about him and the reason I love him is what we were saying earlier, just how hard he plays, and yeah. like it's playing hard is a skill like Michael Mullen will say that all the time. NBA coaches will say that all the time and he's always playing hard and you just got to respect it. You really got to respect it. So I love him for that. I love his attitude. I love how he just isn't out there to really like make any friends on the court. Although he's made a friend with Nikola Jokic off the court, allegedly some people say Um, (laughs) he'll have those types of friendships, but on the court, he just wants to kill you. Just wants to rip your heart out. I love that. Yeah. And I respect it now. Like I've never loved his style of play. I don't think his style of play leads to winning and him breaking the triple double record tonight and missing the three pointer for the loss when he could have taken it to the rim. Like that was so <laughs> Russell Westbrook. It was so fitting. Um, so, so, true. Yeah. so like, I, I love the competitor. He is. I love the edge. He plays with that stuff. I have respected forever and I love him for it. Um, but I've never thought his style of play no. was really super conducive to winning after he his athleticism fell off a little bit and he couldn't be that number one option playing the way he plays. Totally. And, I mean, it's like it is very telling, although you do have to consider the source, just that Kevin Durant, like, really just – it's became clear at a certain point that he didn't like playing with the guy. Like he just wanted to get away from him. Like all of that crazy drama that cropped up as soon as Katie left, like they wouldn't talk to each other at the all-star game. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, they clearly like it clearly they've gotten over it, but um, 
you know, there's something to a guy like that just being, I'm, I'm sure it's like really heavy to be in the universe of Russell Westbrook and like be on the court with him at the same time. And you're like, dude, come on, man. Like just pick your head up. Like look around, like, come yeah, on, pass like the it's ball, not brother. so serious, bro. It's <laughs> like a Tuesday night in December. Like, it's not so serious. Like you don't have to make Darius Garland retire from the NBA. <laughs> Ease up. How do we feel about Russell Westbrook's uh, pregame presentation? His outlandish outfits. Do we, what are your thoughts on these? See, I love it. I love it because that's just part of Russ, man. That's just part of Russ being Russ. That's part of what makes him different. Part of what makes him unique. Um, this is like totally different, but a reason I love Nikola Jokic is because he's so unique and he just doesn't really care about that. On the other yeah. side of the spectrum, Russell Westbrook fully cares about that, cares about yes. it too much. But part <laughs> of me likes that he cares about it. He's unique in that way. Yeah. To me, I always I always look at it as like really fake. Like his his like edgy fashionista persona to me does not at all marry with the like his act like the presentation of himself like kelly right. Oubre jr to me looks like the guy that would select these like crazy outfits for himself because he actually his hair follows he's got like he cuts lines into his eyebrow he's got like interesting piercings like russell westbrook's like presentation on the court is very very basic just like right shortcut hair there yeah. you know what i mean it just it, to me it's it's somebody got in his ear at a certain point it's like you know, like has some sort of like crazy stylist girlfriend or something that like put him up to this idea of like getting, putting these wacky outfits on and like everybody responded. And so he just like kept going and kept going and kept going. Um, so at a certain point, so I guess maybe to that extent, the fact that he's taken it to this level means that there's something true about it uh, in his personality, but it just, I don't know. It feels like he's, uh, feels fake to me. It's always felt fake to me, but again, I do not like what Russell Westbrook. So I am uh, projecting all negative things on, on his personality. Um, but, you know, congratulations, Russ. Proud I of you. I think a part of that, though, is you, you talk to people who have covered Westbrook and whatnot. People have been around him. He's a completely different guy on the court compared to off the court. Yeah. Like he, he's like a nice, chill family guy. Um, great in the community. Like, oh, I'm sure he's awesome. Dudes out there off the court. And on the court, he wants to rip your heart out. <laughs> so it is. Yeah, just it is got two different thing. personalities. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it feels like important at at all of these points when talking about how much I dislike these guys to remind everyone that I'm talking specifically about the concept of sports hate. Like I sports sure. hate Russell Westbrook. I'm sure that if I went to a party and Yusuf Nurkic and Russell Westbrook were there, I'd be like super hyped to talk to them, and I'd probably end up being their friend. <laughs> Um, just kidding. They would hate me, but all the same, like, I, you know, I, I don't hate them as human beings, yeah. <laughs> although who knows, maybe I would, but, uh, I don't, I don't have enough information to, to really hate them as human beings, but I can sports hate the hell out of my sports hate the hell out of uh, Russell Westbrook. Well, one other thing I wanted to ask you about Russell Westbrook is the last time he set one of these big records was against the nuggets. Oh God. Um, was that 2016? Was, or was that know, 2017? It was it the was, year. We I mean, were wearing the uh, yellow. 2017. Yeah, yeah the 2016-2017 okay. season. Um, so Michael Malone's second year, Nicole Jokic's second year. The year they wore those really ugly yellow Skyline uniforms. Yep. Because that was the game 
Uh, they wore them in the game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, one of the final yes, games of that regular season, when Russell Westbrook recorded his 42nd triple-double of the season, which broke Oscar Robertson's record for triple-doubles in a season. He scored 50 points. He got those 50 points on a buzzer-beating three over Jamal Murray, where it's kind of funny if you go back and look at the replay, and I even remember because I covered this game, like Jamal Murray sagged off Westbrook just a tad to uh, double Steven Adams, who had the ball, and then was late getting back to Russ. Barely late, barely gave him enough space to take it off that three. Um, and then, of course, he eliminated the Nuggets from playoff contention that year. My so God. that, in my opinion, is one of the best buzzer, be- buzzer beaters I've ever seen. You were in the building for that, right? Yes, I was in the building. I was so... I was so unhappy. He hit that, and then everybody like stood. I gave him like a standing ovation. Yeah, I was like, "What are we doing? What is this? We're cheering for the guy that just ripped our heart out." I was. I've never been more disgusted with my fellow Nuggets fans than I was that night. Like, I appreciate the concept of NBA greatness and like where that falls in the annals of history. But like in the moment, I was like, "What is happening?" What are you doing? Like you're cheering for the devil right now. Totally. Uh, that was, yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. I mean, that was like, <clears throat> because it, exactly like you said, like that, the Nuggets were making a charge. Like they were, as they've done every year under Michael Malone, they've made like a, a charge down the stretch, mm-hmm. um, whether they were in the playoffs or out of the playoffs. And this, this was, you know, early on in the 10 years. So things were really starting to turn around and it was like, Okay. All right. I mean, it was, you know, it was still a pretty Herculean task, but uh, we were, you know, we were basically like the Spurs are right now. Like we were just needed to, for a few things to fall right and just keep winning. We were ahead in that game. Uh, and <laughs> and you want to know what I've, got, I've got what happened right here over the final six minutes of that game, Russell Westbrook scored 18 of the Thunder's final 21 points, including the last 15 points of the game for Oklahoma city. So he pretty much beat Denver by him. Single-handedly. Yes. And then was cheered by the Nuggets fans because he broke a triple double record. I was like, man, that was rough. I, I, I really wouldn't, didn't want to be sent back to this moment in time, but here we are. Uh, But you know what? It all led to, you know, without, without pain, we don't have the appreciation for where we are right now. So, to that, I say, thank you, Russell Westbrook. I appreciate you setting the stage so that the sweet uh, taste of victory that we've been enjoying over the past two seasons can be all the sweeter. Uh, but that did suck at the moment. And I, uh, you know, that's another reason why I just can't, uh, I just can't give it up to Russ. You know, maybe when he retires or something, I'll, uh, I'll be able to turn the page. <laughs> Before we get back to the show, guys, make sure to check out the Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. You know it. You see it all the time in the liquor store. It's in that Nugget Skyline blue can. Great tasting, super light. You can drink it during Nuggets games. No problem. We drink it a lot here at the DNVR bar. So pick it up from your local liquor store, the Mile High City Copper Lager. Pick it up from the Breck Brew Farmhouse. If you guys have never been out there, it's awesome. They've got tons of stuff out there, food, drinks, activities. Uh, So check out the Breck Brew Farmhouse and pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager. Also at StravaCraftCoffee.com, DNVR listeners, you guys can get 25% off your first purchase when you use the code 
DNVR25. That's code DNVR25 to get 25% off your first purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. It's packed with CBD. It's been known to help cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, etc. You can get it for 25% off when you use the code DNVR25 at checkout at StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can get a Strava Craft Coffee subscription as well. Get your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. If you've already bought Strava Craft Coffee before, use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your purchase. And let's hit a DraftKings pick of the week here real quick. Head on over to the DraftKings. Make sure you use that DNVR code when you sign up for this DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going to Tuesday night's game. I'm going to Nuggets Hornets. And I'm going to surprise some people, I think, here. I'm going to Nuggets Hornets. And I am going to take the over in total points. I'm going to take the over 217 and a half. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is going to be an up-and-down game. Monte Morris coming back, maybe a little bit of an offensive boost there. I like the over 217 and a half. I think there's going to be a bunch of points scored in this one. I think Denver wins, maybe not by five and a half, which is the uh, which is the point spread. But I like over 217 and a half for my DraftKings pick of the week. But let's turn our attention to the Nuggets, please. Nuggets have a uh, little four-game road trip to wrap up the season. They're in Charlotte. Tuesday night, they're in Minnesota. Thursday night, in Detroit, Friday. And then they finish up at Portland Sunday, the last game of the regular season on the last day of the regular season. The big news coming out today for Denver, Monte Morris, who's missed the last 12 games with a hamstring strain, has been upgraded to questionable, which reading the tea leaves, knowing how these things go, it seems like he's probably going to be available uh, for this game Tuesday, Eric, give me your Monte Morris excitement level one through 10. How excited are you to see Mr. Nugget Ooh. back in the rotation? I love Mr. Nugget, man. There are four games left. The Nuggets have are in now their, by my count, maybe their fifth iteration of finding an identity <laughs> there's been a lot yeah there's been a lot of uh, evolving identities <laughs> i'm a little nervous to have a player a big player like that come back and what that's going to look like leading into the playoffs like so the concept of mr nugget coming back that's a 10 no question sure. i love monte i mean like just his he can be such a steadying presence on the starting unit. And not only that, like it allows Facundo Campazzo to go and run that second unit and make it, um, you know, as dynamic as we've seen it. Um, it does create some confusion as far as, you know, who's going to do what now that, well, I, you know, I guess there's that interesting interplay between, I mean, I assume he's going to jump back into the starting unit. Like, I don't know. I mean, do you think Monte would, would, would run the second unit? What, what do you think? I think when he ramps up to his full minutes, you know, maybe he starts off tomorrow on a minute restriction. Maybe he plays two games on a minute restriction. I wouldn't be surprised when he is off of that. When he's a full go, I would expect him to be starting. See, my, uh, yeah, would. Yeah, my, my thing is that um, we don't. So, you know, when the nuggets have been 
find themselves with their backs against the wall over the last couple of years. It's always been, they've been able to just go to that Jamal Jokic two-man game, which they don't have with any other players. Jokic doesn't have that synergy with any other players. He has a two-man game and he plays with Michael Porter Jr., but that's not predicated on having a primary ball handler that can run pick and roll, which is yeah. the, the foundation of that, of that uh, two-man game. And, you know, Faku can't do it because he can't, shoot he can't do that you know he can't come come out of the roll and just immediately rise up for a uh, mid-range jumper which is you know one of the big weapons that can come out of that um austin rivers is a guy that could potentially run it with Jokic, but like they they haven't been been doing that so monte morris is a guy that i feel like could do that because he does have that mid-range jump shot he does have the ability to finish at the rim so that actually is a dynamic that you could see come into play but you know man we're just so close to the playoffs like i don't know how much more tinkering can be done um i just hate the timing of all of this like everything about this season is just like the like everything is just off by yeah. you know just by enough to where for eight beautiful games we had a legitimate threat to be the nba champ um, uh, the, the best team ever assembled as far as best I'm team. <laughs> we saw, I mean, you said it like you saw a, a world in which the Nuggets had the best offense of all time. And they did for one, for one game, they had the best offense of all time. So you were technically correct. No one could ever take that away from you. Um, and then, you know, now it's just like, I don't know. We just have all of these pieces that like fit, but they don't fit really well. So I'm hoping that Monte coming back can sort of like, you know, answer some of those questions and, and, and quiet some of the confusion, but I, I just don't know what it means. You know, yeah. like, I, I don't know how tough. much he can affect. It's tough. It's tough to really see what it would mean. Um, I I'll say this though. I'm very, I'm much less nervous about Monte Morris coming back compared to what I would be feeling if Will Barton was coming back right now. Um, right. Because I'm terrified, and I think it might have been you or Vote who even put this in the Slack over the last couple of days. I'm terrified if Michael Malone has to try to figure out how to reintegrate Will Barton into this thing because Monte Morris can fit in so much easier yep. than a guy like Will Barton can. He's he's a much more um, level player. He, he's not going to have a ton of peaks and valleys. You know what you're getting for him, where a guy like Barton, you know, yeah, he might go – seven to 10 in a game, he might go to a 10 in a game. Um, so I'm much less nervous about bringing back Monte uh, compared to Will, even compared to PJ, although I would put PJ in like the Monte category as opposed to the Will category. Um, another thing you said though, about kind of the, the Jokic Murray pick and roll, which the Nuggets have relied on really over the last two years in crunch time in the playoffs, like that was Denver's identity before Jamal Murray went out. That's been their identity the last two years. And if you look at these last three losses, uh, these last three losses that they had in their last four games, the Lakers loss, the jazz loss and the Brooklyn nets loss. They're all close games. Yep. They, they lost by four to the Lakers. They lost by seven to the jazz by six to the nets, the crunch time offense in those games not great. Terrible. It was Not terrible. Great. It Not was great. absolutely terrible. It was so, absolutely terrible because it was very predictable. Right. Like the, you were able to just, I mean, everybody on earth knew that 
Jokic was going to get the ball in deep. And so then the other teams just like went at him. I mean, you know, were those fouls, weren't those fouls? I mean, it was physical for sure. But it, the problem that at the heart of it is just how unbelievably predictable it was. Yeah. And you're right. Like, you know, not having that, that threat and, you know, it's a little frust. It's a little, I don't know if it's by design or just um, by personality, like the fact that that Porter hasn't been getting involved. Like, I don't know if, you know, it's a scheme thing that Malone is just saying like, all right, just get the ball to the big fella and just let him, let him go. Or if, uh, you know, Jokic is not feeling comfortable getting the ball to other players. Um, but it is, it's, it's a little, it's unnerving because all of literally all of those games were winnable. They all, there was one possession, one hinge possession in all of them that went the wrong way. And then, you know, it sort of snowballed out. Like it could, all three of those games were winnable, uh, which is encouraging, but it also makes you nervous. Like is Monte going to bring that to the equation? Like, I don't know, probably not, but maybe it at least allows for a little bit more guesswork on the part of the defense and like a little bit more confusion, uh, the ability to maybe spread the ball out and then get it back to Jokic or I don't know, but, but you're right, man. Like <laughs> just have so many questions uh, and, you know, Barton coming back would, I, I, like you said, I, I think that would be a nightmare. Like I'm we've seen what scared it, about that right now. It just not because Martin's a bad player. Barton's an excellent player, but Barton yeah. is a really bad player when he comes back from injury. Like every time he's come back from injury, it takes him months and months. And it takes most players months and months to get their feel back. Um, you know, so that's not a knock against Barton, but it just like with Malone's like, you know, his, he always has the desire to, go with his guys that have been there and, and reward the loyalty. I would just be so nervous to see him, you know, just want to force it with Barton uh, in areas where like we really couldn't afford it. So man, that, that does freak me out, but yeah, I don't, I don't have the same feels with, with Monte. We'll just, I just don't know what it means, man, but I, I, I love the idea of him coming back just because I, I love him so much. Right. And, and I think he can help a little, in crunch time, like we were just talking about, because Faku has done an amazing job for the most part. He's been great over this last stretch. Like I've been so impressed with this dude, but I feel like Monte can move the ball a little bit better in like those super, super late game situations. And maybe having Monte out there, you know, helps get somebody like Porter going more, yeah. in the fourth quarters like maybe they can run a little bit more of their traditional offense um with porter out there and monte can help with that because porter's last two fourth quarters um against the jazz and the nets he had five points on one of five shooting in right. the fourth quarter <laughs> against the jazz he played nine and a half minutes in that fourth quarter and then against the nets two points on one of four shooting again yeah. played nine and a half minutes so yeah denver's gotta find a way to get him like the same looks and get him in the same rhythm that he's in, in these first quarters in that fourth quarter, maybe Monte Morris can help with that. I don't know him just having more, um, more comfortability with Porter, having played with Porter um, like for years going back longer than Fokker, like maybe that can help with that. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of just throwing that against the wall and and maybe seeing if it's going to stick, but maybe that helps get Porter. Porter going a little bit in the fourth it's true but then even if it's not Porter like just the fact that you have to honor Monte Morris's jumper 
you know, right. and you have to honor Monte, Monte Morris's ability to finish at the rim himself. Like Faku just doesn't have scoring as something that you can rely upon. Like he can do it every now and again, but like his jump, his mid range jumper is not good. It's just not good. Like he can hit threes sometimes sometimes he can every three and other times he can hit zero threes just yeah. very inconsistent and like and his finishing is just not it's not great you know Faku can do everything incredibly except for score and then sometimes he can score but it's not it's not something you can rely on and certainly not something you want to rely on down the stre- stretch when things get tight so for that reason I mean I'd, I'd love to see Monte Morris come back and, and get into that starting unit. But I, I do, you know, I'm wondering, you know, if he'll even run with the starters until maybe the last two games, maybe. Yeah, that's that's what's tough because you're ramping him up from a soft tissue injury, from a hamstring strain. We know guys always come back from those non-minute restrictions, but you only have four games to go <laughs> before the so playoffs man. and maybe against the Dallas Mavericks, who we'll talk about in a, in a little bit, but – that's not a lot of time. Um, that's not a lot of time. And yeah, on Faku, he is fifty uh, seventh percentile at the rim. So, so not terrible um, at the rim. About average there. Yeah, but not uh, great. I mean, yeah. you, you would think a guy like Faku, you, I, I just assume like you know, like Earl Boykins and Muggsy Bogues and all these like tiny guys before him that they he, Isaiah Thomas that he would just be an unbelievable scorer like that's always how traditionally like these little guys have been able to make their bones in the nba just being like having like a super wet jumper and like they can score and they're just faster than everybody but that's just not at all faku's game like but he's just he's just like his intangibles are just so incredible like just what he brings to the nba court um I just never seen anything like it. Yeah. But you know, I just I just don't trust it. I don't trust it down the line. I just don't. Yet. I don't know. Yeah. From mid-range, I mean, he's terrible. Totally. Uh, terrible. Shooting 30% from mid-range, 11 percentile. We know that. But yeah, that's that's not why he's out on the court. He's out on the court to defend, uh, to move the ball, put guys in the right positions on offense. And I I think for you know. He's mostly done a really, really good job of that as Denver's just been absolutely derailed by injuries. Um, so, yeah, I would predict Monte's coming off the bench for at least two games. Um, I'd say at minimum. I, maybe he gets put right back in the starting lineup. Who knows? And, like, Denver thinks, okay, we really need to get this roster and this uh, starting lineup yeah. ready for the playoffs. But I, I think he would come off the bench for sure in a game yeah. or, or probably two. And that means you're probably going to continue to roll with Campasso and Rivers as you're starting backcourt um, Tuesday against Charlotte and then maybe Thursday. And then your other two guards, I mean, Shaq Harrison, he's probably going to be in there playing 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes if he's having a good night. And then Marcus Howard got off the bench <laughs> against the Brooklyn. I think, dude, I think, I think Monte coming back is, spells the end of Marcus Howard. Like, I yeah. don't think we'll see him again. Like, that was fun. <laughs> that, that first stint especially was, like, really fun. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, the wheels kind of came off, and, like, you saw, you know, like, that there are a lot of things he just, like, can't do. You know, that he's he's really – if he's not scoring, he's he, there's, he's not really adding anything to the to the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> 5 of 11, 13 points, two threes. Um, I'm happy that he got that opportunity. Happy for that guy. Uh, but um yeah i agree i I think monte coming back would push him out 
And then, yeah, maybe PJ comes back. Maybe Will Barton comes back. Oh, my God. All uh, within the span of four games. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I if I had to just guess, I'll say that we don't see PJ or Will during the regular season. And maybe one comes back during the playoffs. Maybe they both come back during the playoffs, depending on how long Denver can extend that run. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough task for Michael Malone, a tall task for him, I'll tell you that. I mean, we saw it last year. Gary Harris came back midway through that Jazz series. And right. You can come back in thing. the middle of a series. You can come back and make a big impact. You certainly can. Yeah. So that, that gives me more hope. I just I, – I think that um, – it is unlikely that either of those players would come back and make an immediate offensive impact. Yeah. But if both of those guys can come back and help like defend at a high level, then that would be great. Before we get back to the show, guys, at Green Mountain Dental, DNVR listeners, you guys can pick up a free Sonicare toothbrush, a top-of-the-line electric toothbrush that's going to last you a really long time. You can get one from Green Mountain Dental Group when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's all you got to do. Pop in there for a cleaning, x-ray, and exam walk out with a free Sonicare toothbrush. A lot of us at DNVR have gone to Green Mountain Dental Group to get our wisdom teeth pulled, to get cavities filled, to get other dental work done. They're great people. They're great at what they do. So check them out today. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Get a free Sonicare toothbrush today. Also, guys, we got breaking news. This just in on the Manscaped front. I'm just getting this handed over to me right now. The Lawnmower 4.0 is here. Yes, the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is here. Getting the confirmation right now. It's available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. The latest and greatest from Manscaped. You guys know how much we enjoyed the Lawnmower 3.0. Now, of course, we got to step up our game. Of course, we've all already ordered Lawnmower 4.0s from Manscaped.com. You guys can get your order for 20% off with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Again, use the code DNVR for 20% off at manscaped.com. Use it to buy a lawnmower 4.0. I live by the lawnmower 3.0. I don't know where I'd be in life, honestly, if I didn't have access to that lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped. It saved my life. It's given me a new outlook on life. It's a game changer. It's a life changer. So check out the Lawnmower 4.0, just in, just launching, just coming across the assembly line from Manscaped, and get it for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DMVR20 at manscaped.com. Also got to tell you guys about Gabby, how a lot of us at DNVR are saving tons of money on our car and home insurance. Go to gabby.com slash DNVR. What does Gabby stand for? Of course, say it with me one time, one, two, three, get a better insurance with Gabby. What you do, you go to gabby.com slash DNVR, type in your car and home insurance info. They will run your numbers against 40 of the top providers and tell you where you can be saving money. They'll tell you where you're spending way too much money and where you can switch to save it. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. Put your policy to the test like we did. Honestly, a lot of us at DNVR are using it. Eric's using it. Uh, A bunch of other people are as well. Saving money left and right. Just saving so much money with Gabby. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. Gabby.com, G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. Again, 
Gabby.com slash DNVR. Let's move on and talk about who we want to see the Nuggets play in the playoffs. Because, Eric, it's looking increasingly likely that the Nuggets will play the Dallas Mavericks. And if they don't play the Dallas Mavericks, they'll probably play the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Do you have a preferred playoff opponent between those two? If you're Denver, would you rather play the Trailblazers or would you rather play the Mavericks if you are the Denver Nuggets? Oh, well, me, Eric Weedham, the Denver Nuggets, I want Portland, man. I want Portland all day. I want to revenge. Like, it's revenge tour time. Um, I haven't seen anything from Portland this year that makes me even a little bit scared of them. They, they seem like a disaster, frankly. Like, Nurkic is, is just like a big, slow, lumbering shell of himself. Um, I would love to beat the Portland Trailblazers with Inez Cantor on that team. Like, I just want a reprise of that, of that series, man, and, and to set history right. That would be so sweet. Like, I mean, I would take playing the the Dallas Mavericks. It's like a little bit more um, of an X factor because just you know, obviously they have Luca. And what, what's the story with with Porzingis? Is he hurt? Is he playing? Like, what, what's his deal? Uh, I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, he he's been out for a bit. Uh, I think he's trying to come back this week sometime, um, but. Screw Porzingis. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even worried about Porzingis. They might actually be better without Porzingis. Probably well, not. But he. he I mean, he had a really good game against us. Like that's the thing is that Dallas has given us problems this year. Um, but it's always a close game. It is. Dallas but we didn't. In none of these games did we have Aaron Gordon to guard yeah. specifically against Luka Doncic. So, um, and it seems like that was the plan to get Aaron Gordon was to specifically match up against Luca specifically match up against Kawhi specifically match up against LeBron or AD. Um, and of course, you know, Aaron Gordon is down with a hamstring right now too. Like a sore hamstring. So we'll see what that looks like, but so I don't know. I mean, like just that, just knowing that that was the idea behind acquiring Aaron Gordon makes me feel better about playing the Mavericks that I maybe I would have earlier on in the year but man I don't know like for me I just I just want like I just want that ultimate revenge to it. like I want to go through I want Portland then I want um, I want to beat the Jazz somehow and I don't even know if that can line up and then I want to beat the Lakers I don't like I, I think it's physically impossible but like that's what I would want to have it yeah I'm torn um I'm really torn, man. Like, I get the feeling just from what I've heard that the Nuggets would welcome a matchup with the Mavericks because they are going to be really confident if they have to put Aaron Gordon on Luka Doncic in a playoff series. Now, Doncic, you know, in that type of matchup, he's still going to go off. He's still going to have a couple. Yeah, he's still going to have a couple mega games. He's still going to. You know, just absolutely win a couple games just with his scoring, but because yeah, his his jump shot when it's on, like that deep jumper. I mean, you can't guard that unless you're yeah. just like can. I mean, unless you're like really, really hitting and full court press the entire time. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think you can do that. You know, at a certain I, I did, point, yeah. like you just get loose. I just don't know if there are any other better forwards that I would rather guard Luka Doncic than Aaron Gordon. I, I really yeah. genuinely think he's 
arguably the best matchup for Luka Doncic in the NBA. I really, really do. He's guarded him really well this season. Uh, when he was with the Magic, he had a really good defensive game on Doncic. And like size-wise, they're pretty similar. Uh, like It just seems like the perfect matchup Taylor made for Gordon. Um, but the reason I'm torn is kind of like what you hit on, man. Going up against Portland and Denver potentially beating Portland with this uh, just injury plagued of a roster and getting revenge for the uh, 2019 playoffs. Um, that would be so sweet. Uh, so sweet. So, so sweet because it's pretty funny, like how many guys Portland still has from that team and Tons. rosters turn over like crazy, but Portland still has Lillard McCollum, obviously Nurkic, you know, they don't have. Enos Cantor, they have. You know, you know who they don't have Rodney Hood. Yeah, they don't have Rodney. They Hood. don't have Rodney Hood. That's the only reason they beat us last time was goddamn we couldn't card Rodney Hood, <laughs> which I'll just never get over for my entire life. Uh, yeah, they. You know, I mean, are, are we really worried about uh, either one of their? I mean, we're at a point now where any series that you analyze involving the Denver Nuggets, like you don't even really look at what they have or what they can do. It's like, what can those guys do against Nikola Jokic? Like, what do they have to offer against Nikola Jokic? Uh, do, you know, uh, what's his name? Dwight Powell or no, uh, on, on the, on the Mavericks. Uh, what's his name? Uh, well, they've got Dwight Powell. They've got yeah. Nikola Stein. Um, they've exactly. got, Dude, I mean, Oban. that's just, barbecue chicken barbecue chicken and then Boban actually gives Jokic some trouble from time to time which is hilarious I think it's uh, because they're just really good friends I think so too like he doesn't want it like he just like doesn't want to take yeah, it to him <laughs> totally yeah that's, that's exactly it, actually. <laughs> but he really should just be like one of those lumbering centers that Jokic can just sort of like you know toy with I mean Jokic always has the most success against players like Dwight Powell like that are super athletic and like not that savvy, you know, where he can just get them to <clears throat> think that they can, you know, rise up and block his shot and stuff. And he just does like three or four pivot moves and just like leaves them behind in the dust. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, neither one of those squads, Portland or Dallas, have anything to offer in the way of stopping Nikola Jokic. I mean, Nurkic is, is <laughs> it was like, it started off, you know, after... Yusuf took his talents to PDX uh, where those two would have like kind of heated battles. But in the last like couple of years after, you know, Nurkic has been hurt, he's like clearly out of shape. I mean, I, I don't know why not everybody's not just clowning Yusuf Nurkic the way they did Nikola Jokic for being out of shape. Cause like that dude is like, he's like 50 pounds overweight. <laughs> oh, totally. He's fat. I mean, he's just straight up fat. He's fat right now. <laughs> so I would love to watch that happen. Like neither one of those squads really strike fear into my heart. So I mean, I, I would take either. But for me, give me the narrative, man. Give me the the storyline. Let's let, let's take out Portland. Like I think it's more than likely we'll play Dallas, but I would love to be Portland. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Dallas. I'd rather play Dallas. Um, I, I feel like Portland's kind of rounding into form. Damian Lillard's been playing really well lately. And I know the Nuggets have defended Lillard exceptionally well in the past. Um, but 
they've got better personnel to defend the Mavericks, at least I think, than they do to defend Portland's guards. Um, I'd just be a little worried about Lillard and McCollum in that series. And where against Dallas, I, I really feel like, and I think the Nuggets think this too, that Aaron Gordon is about as good as you can do against Luka Doncic. And then, like you said, who does Dallas have to throw at Nikola Jokic down nobody, low? Nobody. Absolutely ne- nobody. Neither these squads. Yeah. So I would go Dallas barely, um, but I'd probably be picking the Nuggets over the Blazers in seven if those two teams meet. Oh, I, I, would take take it, it. I would take it in five. Five. Wow. See, part of me would take it in five, but part of me just also doesn't think the Nuggets can play anything. The Nuggets are really, they're really incapable of playing any less than seven games. That's a great point. (laughs) They they just like to get their feet wet in game one, go down zero one, just get their backs up against the wall a little bit. uh, Take game two, lose game three, then make a starting lineup change. Yeah. They've got Uh, a whole personality. It's true. It's true. They got to get down, just kind of get that underdog (laughs) monster going, then make a lineup change and, and come back, but I'd probably take the Nuggets over the Mavs in six. Is what I would take. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, truly, the Nuggets are officially a seven-game uh, team. But I mean, Jokic has just, you know, hit this level where I feel like he's not going to take it. Any, like he's just like not going to put up with it. Like I feel like we're going to. We assumed that this season was going to be a standard Jokic season where yeah. he was going to come out slow, have a game or two where he shot two, two shots. We, we got, you know, we had to go through the malaise. We had to do Nikola Jokic uh, psychology hour every, every show. We're like, what's wrong with Jokic? Uh, we didn't get any of that this year. So, you know, maybe the Nuggets fall, you know, follow in kind and they just come in and just take care of business, step on some necks early and just, uh, I mean, I got to think that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, I don't know if I would bet it, but that's what I feel like is going to happen. If the Nuggets could just win like a game one of a series, man, like they might sweep, honestly. <laughs> They're like, we didn't even know you could do that. Win game one. Oh man. Yeah. We'll see. How do you feel about the Lakers? How do you I don't want, about- dude, I don't want the Lakers. The Lakers feel like, uh, the Lakers just feel like a landmine just like stuck in the middle of the stupid standings. Like the Lakers just feel like, um, like they're going to do, they're going to come out and, you know, look like themselves and they're going to totally justify every, you know, casual asshole that thinks that the regular season doesn't matter. And then Stephen A. Smith is going to start talking about it. And then we're going to be like, you know, just encouraging like more like really loathsome performances like Brooklyn has given us all year and the Lakers and LeBron. Uh, granted, he's injured, but like this has just been his style, uh, just sort of like taking her easy, not really regarding the regular season as anything that has any importance at all. So um, and I just hate that. I hate that approach so much because I just love the regular season. There's like so many interesting, like think about how long this regular season has been going on and like how like enriched our lives have been by watching this Nuggets team rise, fall, you know, be thought, you know, swept under the rug, then rise like the Phoenix. And it's just like all these like, super interesting things that make sports worthwhile and i just i just hate when 
like the wrong attitude and approach in life are rewarded. So, right. I but that's what's rewarded in the NBA. And that's totally. why the NBA, it kind of sucks. I know. I hate the NBA so much. And I love the Nuggets more than anything. It's just a really difficult thing to reconcile. Um, so I don't want to play the Lakers because the Nuggets don't match up well against the Lakers. They just don't. Um, it sucks, but they don't. So, you know, like I wouldn't cower away from it. So like, but I mean, certainly like if the Nuggets are able to maneuver their way so that the Lakers are on the opposite side of the, of the bracket, they should absolutely do that. Um, I don't have any faith that the, in the health of the Lakers, that they'll be able to, you know, just flip that switch and come, come back and, and be able to be themselves. But I also am not willing I'm not naive enough to just say like they can't do it either. So um, I don't want them. I don't want the Lakers. I think that sucks that what they've done. It's not their fault. They've been hurt, but I just hate it. Yeah. Well, how it's looking is the Nuggets might avoid the Lakers uh, because if the Lakers get the seven, if they beat golden state in this playing game, that's what it looks like. The seven, eight playing game will probably be um, Lakers yeah. warriors. If the Lakers win that game, they will be the seven and, I would feel really bad for the poor Phoenix Suns in that scenario. <laughs> oh, oh, might get oh. smoked by the Lakers in round one. I could see that. Oh my God, that would be so sweet. I would love that actually. <laughs> Do you understand, by the way, like Ryan RK, our beloved Ryan Koningsberg, and I were sitting in the bar the other night and looking at the format for this play in tournament. And it is the single most confusing thing I've ever seen put to paper. I was trying to explain to somebody the other day. <laughs> And I felt like an idiot. It's like I work in the NBA <laughs> and I have no idea what it the format is. So confusing. Like uh, right, Ryan was like at a certain point, Ryan felt like he had a handle on it. And then Blaze came by and I was like, okay, Ryan, now explain to Blaze how this thing t- is played out. And so for those who don't know, the way that it works is that the seven and the eight play one another. Right. And the nine and the 10 play one another. Why the seven doesn't play the 10 and the eight doesn't play the nine is already starts this off as unbelievably confusing. So the seven and the eight play the one another and the eight and the nine and the 10 play one another. The lower seed of those matchups has to win two games. The first, the higher seed needs to only win one game. If then the winner of each of those two <laughs> matchups, like the seven and eight, the winner then just becomes the seven, and the, the winner of nine and ten becomes the eight. <laughs> See, I'm more, I already had it wrong because I thought the seven and the eight only played once. Dude, <laughs> that could be. That could be. My understanding is that the lower seed has to win twice. And the, the higher seed needs to only win once. Okay, maybe that's it. Maybe they just play <laughs> once. I don't, I don't know. know. So we went through this and then so then he explained it. And then I was like, okay, Blaze, tell it back to me. Tell me that you understood what Ryan just said. He was completely unable to do it. It's the most ridiculous thing. He was like, dude, this is like something that like men's league hockey comes up with like some needlessly confusing configuration <laughs> what i thought it was and i could be totally wrong what i thought it was was that the seven and eight play one game the winner of that gets the seven 
And then the loser of that plays the winner of the 9-10, but the winner of the 9-10 has to beat the loser of the 7-8 two times. Maybe this and the loser of the 7-8 needs to win that game once. That that seems right. I don't know. Uh, Well, when they say it seems right, it seems like that could be the answer. Uh, Dude, I'd literally... (laughs) I've never been so unsure about anything in my life and um, it's coming like in a week and <laughs> we'll probably just find out how it works when it actually happens. That will be uh that will be the joy of it. <laughs> Do you think it's going to be fun? Like it's going to be a worthwhile endeavor, this play in tournament. Oh, if the Lakers and the warriors are, are in that seven, eight. Yeah, it will be great. Uh, it would have been better if um, like the Lakers were in the nine, 10, and the Warriors were in the seven eights, like those two teams met at the end. Um, but if the Lakers and Warriors match up in a play-in game, yeah, uh, I think that's going to be great because you you don't want to lose that game. You know, if you're the Lakers in that seven eight, you want to win and get the seven, so you don't have to play. You know, maybe two more games. So <laughs> that that will be awesome. If the Warriors and Lakers, if the seating holds and those two are playing in that seven, eight, that will be awesome. Whoever at the NBA who was scared for his job when LeBron threatened his job is probably getting a raise and a promotion. Unbelievable. And like a crazy bonus. You mean that game is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is crazy. Think about that, that the Lakers and the Warriors are. I mean, it's what a difference a year makes. What a difference a couple of years make in this NBA. This crazy, topsy turvy NBA. Like you're talking about two champions in the last five years that are, you know, like teetering on not even making the playoffs. Last year's champion. I mean, I guess yeah, you're right. This guy, this poor guy, targeted by LeBron James, is <laughs> kind of is going to end up being carried out on shoulders and cheered. This guy's going to be stepping in for Adam Silver in five years. <laughs> the new commissioner. <laughs> well, the Nuggets don't have to worry about the playing game. Uh, they just got to have to worry about uh, either Dallas or Portland. Portland would be great. They could uh, avenge the 2019 playoffs. Jokic could I dominate. This. I need this. The most overrated player in the NBA. And oh, my Jokic. God. <laughs> is he not even overrated at this point i don't even feel like he's like rated anymore dude i swear to god man people in portland really think like he's still all that. they still think he's all that and i just he like, was all that man i gotta say like when he, he was no went, he he was never all that he was all that for like a 15 game stretch right when he got to portland yep yep and that exactly. was exactly exactly he has never been all that at any other point in his career oh boy Now he's just all fat. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be in the lounge for the postgame show Tuesday night. Uh, I got to tell everybody out there. I have, as I teased on Twitter, I have no fewer than four shirts. Four. Teed teed up, ready to go. Maybe it it might turn into three shirts. Two of them are are, uh, based on a similar subject. So I, I don't know if we'll drop both of them, but and it's all up to the Nuggets. We, yeah. I, I only drop my shirts only drop based on vibes. 
Well, I mean, I live my life based on vibes. Like we <laughs> operate our company based on vibes. We so. live, we we personally operate a purely vibe-based economy. And so yeah, listen, Denver Nuggets, if you want to be honored, BB. Yeah. If you want to be honored on cotton, you gotta come with it. You gotta come correct. I've seen one of those designs. It's fire, absolute fire. So if the nuggets, if certain aspects of a nuggets game go correctly <laughs> you will see those shirts let's go tuesday night we'll be in the lounge pre and post game for the nuggets and charlotte hornets my league pass side piece um so tune in uh follow along on the uh, dnvr youtube account on the uh, dnvr stream on twitter uh we'll see you guys there before we get out of here, guys, if you're thinking about going back to school, maybe you've just got a few credits to finish up, or maybe you never went to college, got to recommend that you check out MSU Denver online. A lot of us here at DNVR and DNVR members specifically have taken classes at MSU Denver online. It's been a great experience for everyone. The teachers are awesome. The courses are super engaging. They keep you interested. It's not one of those boring lecture college classes where you doze off to sleep or you're just chilling on your laptop. These are classes that give you information, that give you knowledge that you can use outside of the classroom. So check out their entire course list, msudenver.edu backslash online.